You're listening to Self Worst. This is a podcast about failure, day jobs, inspiration, bad habits, mental health, and the fleeting sense of sanity, worth, and dignity that we all chase under capitalism. We talk about trauma, we talk about art, we talk about spiritualism, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and the mirage of meritocracy. Each week, Artists, designers, losers, dirtbags, musicians, degenerates, comedians, actors, fuck-ups, scholars, crazies, filmmakers, veterans, sluts, commies, weirdos, activists, addicts, teachers, fatties, queers, and even sometimes Canadians. Join me, Brad Pearson, in a discussion of what to do with this stupid, sacred life. Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you want to confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on Self-Worst Hello, hello, hi everybody, wow, okay, look, it's morning I'm recording an intro in the morning again because I'm tired Um, woke up at about 3.30 this morning, couldn't get back to sleep. Uh, that's not, that doesn't normally happen for me. I can usually sleep like a little baby through the night. Um, and I thought really that I was gonna be sleeping like a little baby uh, tonight because I've, I've been busy. I did a moving job yesterday. It was a real thrasher. Moving, like, oh, this dude had so many books. Smart motherfucker with so many books on a third floor walk up. Ugh. But uh, the day before, I started jujitsu. That's right. I'm doing jujitsu now. We'll see how long it lasts. We'll see how long I can actually stand it. It's more of an affordability thing. Uh, jujitsu is expensive, folks. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how this pans out. And uh, it was really fun. Uh, was, I took a class with a friend of the show, Diego Lopez. Uh, highly recommend uh, if you are in the Brooklyn area, uh, you know, to go take a class, go take a kickbox, or not kickboxing. Uh, he does Muay Thai and uh, Jiu Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu classes at uh, this place, Williamsburg MMA. So I'll just plug them real quick because uh, I like what they do and they're real cool. Um, anyway, I'm tired. All this to say is I am beat. And uh, I didn't sleep much, and it's gonna catch up with me. I feel okay right now. I'm in that kind of like punchy, up all night feeling. Uh, um, you know, like when you're a kid and you have a slumber party and you stay up all night playing Mega Man, and then the next day you're like, Wah! but then like 2 p.m. is gonna come, and I have to work today. I'm back to walking dogs. And I think that what's what I predict is going to happen is around two o'clock. I'm just gonna be like, oh, I'm so fucking tired. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just like rest right here on this bench, and then I'm gonna wake up like an hour later. My phone's gonna be gone. My wallet's gonna be gone. The dog will still be tied to my wrist because I always tie tie the dog. I always secure the dog to my wrist. I'm a professional. Dog's not going anywhere. Don't worry. But I'm gonna wake up and that thing. He's going to be, I don't know. It's, oh, my dog's back. Um, my dog just entered the room. And it's it's just going to, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a mess. So I'm going to be a wreck later. We'll see how this works out. This week on the show, 
We're talking to Nick Flanagan. He's a comedian and a musician. Uh, he's from Canada, and that's where I talked to him from remotely, obviously. I did not fly to Toronto to talk to this man. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he was in the States for a while. He was in L.A., but he's back in Canada now, just chilling. Uh, and, you know, it, I, I sensed maybe this is just me and my boundary issues, but I sensed a kindred spirit. You know, I sensed a, uh, a, a a similar type. I've been listening to his podcast a lot, Nick Flanagan Weekly, and it's spelled W-E-A-K-L-E-Y. It's a pun. Comedians like puns. And uh, he has, you know, he has, go listen to it. You might find that he has kind of a similar energy to Brad Pearson, or rather, I have a similar energy to him because he was born first. He's much more established than me. So, you know, he's the original. But I didn't know that. I'm not biting his style. I only started listening to his shit recently. And it's great. So go listen to it. So the main topic of this discussion is ADHD. Uh, We both have it. And I think we both have it in a similar way. ADHD, I think like a lot of disorders, is sort of a spectrum and has, uh, you know, uh, boxes, different boxes that each uh, patient might tick or not tick. And I think him and I got a lot of the similar ones, which is maybe why uh, the conversation goes the way it does. You've heard of the theory of chaos Muppets and order Muppets. Uh, This was a long time ago. Dahlia Lithwick, I think, wrote an article about how uh, there is this theory that there are two types of Muppets and thus two different types of people. Uh, There's order Muppets, you know, uh, Scooter, uh, Bert, Kermit the Frog, um... And there are Chaos Muppets, Cookie Monster, Animal, obviously, Gonzo. Um, and, you know, it's it's sort of a spectrum, more of a spectrum than a binary. But the, the you can definitely tell with each person whether they're an Order Muppet or a Chaos Muppet, the more you get to know them. Now, I'm going to let you guess. Am I an Order Muppet or a Chaos Muppet? That's right. I'm a chaos Muppet. My girlfriend is definitely an order Muppet. And I think that's a good, that's a good thing in every relationship. In most really functional relationships, there is a balance. There's a yin and a yang. Uh, You know, we help each other uh, sort of balance things out. You know what I mean? There's, there's, uh, I don't know. It just works. But when you put two Chaos Muppets in the same room with each other, virtually as it were, interesting things happen. We have a long, kind of meandering conversation, and it was really fun. We went on this fucking tangent. Again, somehow Jordan Peterson comes up. This is the second time this topic has come up on my podcast in in a couple of weeks. I'm not sure why, but I don't know. He's Canadian. 
So maybe there's that. Anyway, we go on this long tangent about that and uh, and a couple of other things. But mainly what we're going to talk about is ADHD. And I think it was apt that we got a little distracted along the way. There's a, there's a couple of tangents. Um, I cut this interview down a little bit. Um, so what I want to do is uh, maybe put the full uncut interview on Patreon. That's right. An uncut, uncensored, uh, fully Girls Gone Wild uh, version for for the Patreon listeners. So, if you're interested in that and the whole two-hour discussion, sign up on Patreon.com for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me out. That would be really cool. Um, also, just a couple more plugs. Uh, please, uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. Tell a friend. Uh like and subscribe on 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 socials uh, self worst on instagram uh follow me and uh you know spread the word spread the gospel can you do that for me that would be super cool anyway uh enough of this shit let's go to the interview with mr nick flanagan Wow, you got a great beard line. You've been talking about your beard. <laughs> I was in a band and I wrote a song called Why the Beard. I heard. I've been listening to your podcast walking around too. You know, um so oh, I think we so have a lot cool. in common actually. I'm a I'm a dog walker as well. I was just walking <laughs> dogs all day listening to your podcast. So how about that? You know, it's a, it's a symmetry kind of I thing. love symmetry. I love symmetry. Uh it's it's very strange. I mean, I'm a dog walker, but I, I don't know what your experience is as a dog walker, but mm. Uh, I'm kind of like a barter and trade dog walker, I would say. Like, will will I, I will I will aid your animals uh, um, eating and getting their energy out for shelter and food. <laughs> like that's how this all started, you know. Right. But yeah, so so it's been four months now of me taking care of uh, a puppy and uh, 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 another dog and then my girlfriend's dog wound up being in my possession and and uh it's uh i'm i'm getting by by the skin of my teeth any suggestions uh i mean fire away i mean like if you've got questions i mean <laughs> i've been walking dogs for like five plus years so i mean that's awesome yeah, I'm, I'm i'm happy to uh you know uh give any kind of advice if, if you've you know, if, if you want some, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So you, you weren't doing dog walking, um, like as a, as a job before. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, even now it's like, I have to keep reminding myself that it is a job. Like every day I'm, I'm like, man, it's hard for me to carve out, uh, why, why aren't I writing, uh, the great Canadian novel. Why aren't I letting writing beautiful losers 2000, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or, or, uh, you know, in the skin of a, a, a lion, uh, you know, um, generation, like fake millennial edition, you know what I mean? Right. 19... Uh, that's a Michael Ondaatje book, by the way. I thought, uh, I what, what, uh, were you doing for like, you know, gigs, day jobs, if you had any, um, before, well, I mean, it, it, you know, I'm just doing this stuff that's, uh, it's all 
freelancey everything I've been doing for years and years. So there were periods of time where like I was acting and writing and that was like paying the bills and then moving to LA and having kind of a new, um, you know, uh, environment and, and situation where like you had to sort of pay your dues before you pay the rent well, trying to get like writing jobs and the visa I had limited me in terms of like other work. So, you know, it was specifically sort of performance oriented and, uh, you know, so, so it was sort of in that period of time where I was still doing some kids TV writing primarily. And, um, then coming back, it just was like, I had so much, I was doing sort of in terms of like rebuilding that, like just sort of mentally and, uh, did you come back sort of like in the midst of the pandemic? No, not at all. I, I came back in, in 2018. Um, so it's been like almost three years now, like really almost three years. What because, brought you back to uh, Toronto? Well, the visa expired. And, you know, when when the visa, when I first got it, I was kind of like, well, hopefully I can get like something that will allow me to like pay to extend it. And I actually started the process again, right as I was leaving, but then um, it's kind of been just like hanging in the ether and I'm hoping I can get it, <laughs> that I didn't just put money into something that no longer, uh, you know, like the lawyer will be like, well, that was a long time ago, you know, so. Right. Um, yeah, that was basically it. The visa expired and I was like, okay, like I'm gonna go back and just kind of like lick my wounds and, you know, just said all the same things that everybody kind of says, oh, you know, I'll come back in a few months. Or come right. back I mean, pandemic aside, like, would you want to go back? Sure. I mean, yeah, like I like places. Mm-hmm. I mean, Toronto's <laughs> I like, a place. I, I've only been there once, but it was it was lovely. Sure. And uh, if we were interviewing me from L.A., I'd say, well, uh, I'd love to go back. It's a place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but no, I mean, I like my I have friends there. You know, I love uh how it's like such a uh strange place uh so different like every moment i mean i love and hate that like everybody says you know and uh the weather in canada or in toronto has not been like that punitive since i've come back um which is nice but yeah it's not but it's not quite as lovely as la necessarily (laughs) that that is one of the main selling points of of southern california is the weather for sure it really is. And all the places people make fun of, like North Hollywood or Burbank or, or Pasadena, like those are very weird. Like it's the banality or the or the sort of, I mean, Burbank is like the home of, you know, all the Hollywood stores, like all the places you can buy like a, you know, mascot costume. Yeah. Well, it's, where, and it's, you know, it's where Flappers is, it's where Cartoon Network is, it's where a lot of places are. Yeah. And, and, you know, that was, that was, uh, you know, just being in a city where there is like almost the reverse of a place like Toronto, where the entertainment industry is like in charge in a sense, or at least of some things, you know, whereas here it's almost like if, you know, if you're doing something, ideally it has like a bank sponsorship. (laughs) Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, we have amazing scene of stuff, but um, that's t- self-created, you right. know, without like aided by 
CanCon and grants, but but if people didn't want to be doing it, there could potentially be like no arts in Canada. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't know. That makes I've, any sense. I, I've I've always had a weird affinity for Canadian stuff. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is, but there's there's something just so kind of like nice and genteel about a lot of it. Like I love Kids in the Hall. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean that's just fucking legendary. Um, sure. But uh, near the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, my girlfriend and I just started watching as many Canadian shows as we could get our hands on for whatever reason. It just seemed like, uh, oh, this will be like, you know, soothing. Like it just, we, everything seemed, it was so anxiety inducing all the time. We were just like, I need, we need something where like, there's like kind of like a nice swirl, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and so we watched, uh, oh, what did we watch? Uh, fuck, what's it called? It's about like, convenience. Uh, no, didn't watch that. We watched uh, Swings and Arrows. Oh yeah. Um, which was great, and we yeah. watched um Twitch City, which was also great and kind of pandemic-y. Like he's like shut in, just like watching TV, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? We we just found this show, Great Canadian Rivers. It's like on Amazon or something, and it's just it's just it's about doc. yeah. It's it's, it's like reality. it's it's just a reality show, but just like or like not a reality show, but just like a doc about like just soothing footage of rivers in Canada. And I love that. I mean, just great. You know, the nature situation here is something I um, haven't yeah. even explored as much as I should, but, but uh, it's pretty endless. It's kind of crazy to think about it. It's not quite like America where there's just so many different type of terrains, but we do have some very magical uh, spots in the greens and the rivers and stuff like in the sunsets and sunrises. It's, yeah. it's amazing the animals uh i was gonna say it's kind of a funny you mentioned those those two specific shows because um my buddy james fritz who i do this like gr- we both have the same management and he's a great comic and uh who i w- didn't even know like like very well at all until um we started all being on this stream called in the green zoom together and um we talk and he he actually says twitch city is like his favorite show he loves slings and arrows. He has a beard, not that dissimilar from yours. Oh, and, well, that's I, I actually <laughs> speaking of, I made a mistake and I like trimmed it too short and uneven. So and like oh. I was I was like looking at the Zoom preview like right before I uh before you signed on and I noticed it was mm. all fucking scraggly and I just like had to like go into the bathroom and like trim some off the bottom. It's getting bad. I mean, I need a this haircut. Is all new it's to all me. just like getting very. This is your first time growing a beard. You got a good beard line. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, another guy I streamed with, uh, Greg Barris, was like giving me, he was like, shave close to the jawline. Try that. My dad had it worked. And I've been like inching my way towards like a total jawline shave. But it's interesting because I'm, I'm just paranoid. I think I listened to like Howard Stern say once that, you know, you know, someone's all messed up when their facial hair is like uneven and crazy. Yeah. And so, had it in my mind so yeah i i don't know what to do like i i clip the beard and then i the sink looks insane and i'll go yeah. in the clock screen and it's just you it's try, a new I, I try and i i trim i put a waste basket like over the sink like i just like hold one kind of like over you know i just set it on the <laughs> sink honestly and it and just like let it kind of fall in there and that sort of helps uh mitigate you know or um if you i just can, close the drain yeah, you just yeah. do it. I, I've I've done it a couple of times where I, I bring the beard trimmer just into the shower, and I just have like a hand mirror, and I just like yeah. beard trim in the shower. And that I would way it probably just, it would be like I, psycho if I did that. 
I mean, you're you're um a, a much more uh hirsute guy than than me. It would seem. <laughs> you know, you have a nice thick uh beard. Looks like so. You know, like mine's mine. I have to grow it fairly long for it to even look like anything. It's Does it annoying. take like? Did it take a year? No, no, it? no. I, I actually shaved it at the beginning of the pandemic. I shaved clean and then was just like, mm. "Why did I do that?" You know, and then right. and then just like grew it back in. It didn't take that. It takes like a good like month or so for it to like look really like a beard beard. But yeah, like you yeah. know, yeah, it's not it's not too bad. You know, I I am uh, my dad had a beard for a lot of his life, mm -hmm. and uh, I think this beard I have kind of. Uh, makes me re probably resemble him a bit more and is that a uh, good thing or a bad thing oh it's fine i like it yeah you know i liked his beard he had a he had a he had a cool look i guess and and uh uh i, I definitely am used to that so uh he doesn't you know he didn't repulse me at any point in yeah. my life particularly. so uh but yeah so i i really think it's not going to make it till the summer. I think at the summer I'm going to go. I'm going to go clean again. You know, I, I just I have that feeling. You know, I like you said. I'm here to. I'm also kind of sweaty. So yeah, the sweat and the beard can be kind of a thing. I, yeah. it, it wasn't as annoying as I thought it would be. And like I grew it out a couple of years ago and thought just like oh as soon as like August rolls around I'm going to shave this thing. And it wasn't. It actually wasn't that bad. Um, okay well yeah. maybe, so, I don't know, maybe, maybe i'll just keep it forever give it a chance i don't know try it i don't know um by the way are the dogs scrapping like completely being caught on uh oh it is like... yeah but I, I i like that honestly <laughs> i like a little bit of uh grit i like a little bit of uh, background noise i have my window open right now yeah so like you I know could, there'd be like every new york shit. podcast every new york podcast says a siren's part yeah know, so. so there's, a, are there's you always new york? a yes i'm in, in brooklyn new york? dog walking in brooklyn like like a web series or yeah pretty much yeah i mean like it's it's like i'm like one step off from some like hbo uh you know series or something like that you know like just need to start selling weed or whatever <laughs> by um, the way oh i sorry just to answer the question about um way back with the dogs yeah and it's like basically when i moved to la I essentially have been like fairly nomadic since 2012, mostly in Toronto. I was just like doing short-term sublets, cat sitting mostly. I don't remember that many dog sits, but I would live in places where there would be dogs. And in LA at one point, I lived at my friend Davida's house and she had two dogs. And uh, she was, I was home all the time and she was home not in the day. So I was often, you know, walking them and feeding them and okay. stuff. So, I'd walk them for about an hour uh, each time in, in Eagle Rock and uh, Pasadena and sort of nice walk, you know? So so that was probably the beginning of me like being like, okay, animal husbandry, right. I can handle. I can are, handle are, you a, are you a dog person? Did you grow up with dogs? More so with cats, mm. but uh, I would say I like animals, you know? So uh, it's it was a very easy shift. Some of my closest friends had dogs that were super great so you know i'm i'm not really a, a, afraid of <laughs> angus or gordy or any right. other dog um except for the two in la one one of them was a real ooh, peanuts a real piece of work very interesting right i've only you know? i only had to deal with one i've walked i don't know how many dogs by now hundreds like mm -hmm. it's just been like i can't even tell you yeah. Um, and only one, I had an issue with the dog being aggressive towards me. Um, right. 
and and like had to just like walk out of the of like the apartment like i was meeting the the owner for the first time and the dog just lunged at me and just like wouldn't stop and the the owner was this like older lady and the dog was like some sort of pit bull bulldog mix something was like really big and like she couldn't even control it it like knocked her over and i was just like First of all, you shouldn't have a dog like this because you can't even hold the thing. And second, like I'm not walking this fucking thing because like it wants yeah. to take my leg off. Like, so that was yeah. That was like and the only time we've had teeth. like a this is a no go. It's got the teeth to really really do some damage. It bit you know. me and it like I had so we have these like backup chains, um, like a little choke chain that goes around, and I keep right. a, I keep a bunch of them on like a string on like a carabiner. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't flop around when I'm walking and just like swing all these like chains. I tuck right. it into my front pocket. Yeah, yeah. And that was right where the dog bit. And so oh. I luckily had like a chainmail armor under awesome. my pants. A, a, sort of a leg glaive. Yeah, it just it just glaives. It, it was very lucky. Like cuz that dog could have like sunk its teeth in, but it just like yeah. it managed to it just happened to bite me in that one spot that I was armored, and that is so lucky. yeah, it was very lucky. Um, you're, you're you're blessed. You're yeah. probably dog dog bite proof. I don't but, know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think maybe I've like worked up like a you know like a high you know dog luck kind of uh, <laughs> thing just just by by interacting, having so many positive interactions with dogs. You know, I've I've, I've worked up my my like dog yeah. XP, and so I like, mean, I, I, I redeemed. <laughs> it was like a big ticket redemption then. There must be something to that, though. Just the idea that if you're spending a lot of time with animals, you know, that maybe, especially dogs, like dogs would kind of like, first of all, you probably have like residual treat smell, you know, and I definitely and, have um, residual dog smell for sure. Yeah, like residual I, yeah. dog smell. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I've always thought like, something with dogs, it's good to do is like, if you can do it, just like try to sneak it so your hand like brushes like its nose or something or its face a little bit mm-hmm. like just like very cautious you know like 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 not cautious cautious but i because it knows if you're freaked out but just yeah. like if you're in its vicinity try to like make it so that it's like gets a sense that contact with you is safe oh like you know? me- you're talking about like meeting a dog for the first time yeah yeah i can walk you through this do you want to know Sure, I'm okay. sure it would help so, your audience as well. If what you, you got to do if you are meeting a dog for the first time, what you do not want to do uh, is approach it head on. Sure. You don't want to make sustained eye contact. That's yeah. considered a challenge. Yes. Um, and what you what, what I see a lot of people do is they will lean down. They'll like bend at the waist over the nope. dog, over the top That's of the dog. That's a no. That's and, a no. And they'll like put their hand out. Don't do that. What nope. you want to do your, your best shot is to turn sort of sideways. So you're not facing, yeah. you know, uh, like turn 90 degrees and yeah. then crouch down towards like a, about at the dog's height. So yeah. you're kind of meeting them at their level. And then and you're just, sort of almost next to it. You're yeah, saying no, like, yeah. you, like the dog's facing you and you're turned sideways like this and then crouch yeah. down and then just sort of, you know, you can tentatively put a hand out, but not like way out towards it, but just like, hand out, you know, like this and they, well, and let them approach you. Well, that's kind of what I mean. That last phrase is mostly what I say, like kind of put it. So your hands a little out, like for them to like reach, but like no other part and not close, but like, so it can brush you if it wants. And if it yeah. doesn't want then some other time, 
you yeah. know, that's, but that's, don't, yeah. I mean, don't touch it otherwise. Like, don't, why would you even, if I didn't have a dog, I'm not messing with another person's dog unless it seems they've stopped and the dog is like intrigued by me, you know, most yeah. of the time I'm just, you know, got enough going on in my life. I know it's bad. Like most people get it, but like a couple of times it's usually other people's dogs that they yeah. think is just like, is totally fine to just like let their dog waltz up to the dog that I'm walking. And I don't mm -hmm. have a chance to just be like, stop. Nope. This isn't a friendly dog. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and it'll like, you know, there'll be like a lunging situation. And like, it's, it's always been fine. Like we haven't really had to, I, I haven't personally had to deal with too much in the way of like, you know, dogs getting into scraps like that. I worked at a dog daycare for a while and that like, that was like a weekly occurrence was like a dog mm -hmm. would get in a fight, but it was usually fine. Like, you know, it's, it, it always looks worse than it is. Cause you know, you get a bite on the ear or the face and it bleeds a lot, but it's usually just like, it's, yeah, not, it's like, it's a cosmetic wound. It's fine. Um, um but anyway, what was I going to, I, this is hilarious. All, all the dog talk. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was going to say something about it. Oh yeah. Are you someone who walks like many dogs all at once? No, actually. So I work for a company, um, and we have a policy that we don't walk more than three dogs at a time, which I actually yeah. think is smart. I don't, I see why you would want to walk a, do like a pack walk in certain mm -hmm. applications, but I sort of disagree with it on principle because I think that a, it doesn't really give the dogs much of a attention and much attention yeah. um like walking in like a pack of like five or so is fine that's whatever but like walking in like you know a pack of yeah 17 dogs is like that's like that's too many that's potentially mm -hmm. dangerous and it's also just sort of obnoxious on the sidewalk um, well new york city is not a great place and there's to... also like it's yeah. also like there's several, I mean, most of the dogs that I walk, my day is scheduled in such a way that like, I have all these dogs that they can't walk with any other dog. So yeah. like, I, you know, cause they're all fucking crazy. <laughs> like I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have become slowly in the company, like the specialist with like the neurotic dogs somehow. Um, yeah. so like, cause like, I don't know, like, I just keep getting assigned them and it works out. Okay. And then we, well, just I think those are, those are the real like, I guess that's what I mean when I was talking about like my world of dog walking is, you know, I'm, I'm faking it till I make it, mm -hmm. but like, I, you know, my friend had someone who was walking her dogs professionally while I was also walking her dogs. And that person was so attuned to them, you know, mm -hmm. that, that it was, first of all, I could never see, maybe they paired the dogs with like one other dog that she takes care of, but it's like, you know, I, I just think dogs want more attention than you would think and they very obviously want attention <laughs> yeah. and you know they get like these dogs right now you know i mean i didn't get to take them out with their, their the ball today and and like that's probably why they did a little bit of friendly scrapping for for a little bit longer you know and that's why probably in an hour you know the little guy is going to be like oh, oh please do something with me and i'll go of course i will but i'm I hate myself a little bit because I didn't get the ball and now I want to play God of War remastered right. and I got to take breaks and throw a ball or throw a toy around. Um, so you've talked about this on, on your show several times, but um, <laughs> you, uh, you know, you're, you're part of the, uh, the neurodiverse 
uh, <laughs> neurodivergent community, as am I. Neurodivergent. Um, uh, which oh, yeah. is, I think that's a new term. I hadn't heard that until like, I don't know, 2018 or something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not really but sure where, I, that, I definitely ADHD, heard it. ADHD, right? Is, Post is 2018. I, yeah, like ADHD is, yeah. is, is, is my jam. I don't know about yeah, that. Like, same, that's, yeah, same, same here, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, so have you had, have you found problems with that, um, you know, uh, fitting into roles and jobs and things like that? And, and in terms of like the type or the caliber of job or of work or like your level of concentration, how long you can concentrate through the day, any of that? Totally. I mean, absolutely. You know, and, uh, it's, it's something where, you know, I probably got the diagnosis nine years ago, but it wasn't until I returned from LA that, you know, I, I took it more seriously. And part of why I took it more serious, and by took it more seriously, I just mean really, really started reading up on it and meeting up and going to groups and all this type of thing, talking about it, you know, in a public fashion where I felt like I was more informed because I remember I was talking to a comedian who had jokes about ADHD and she was like, I was like, Hey, I have ADHD too. And she was like stoked. But then she was like, I mean, you're in the right place. You know, that everyone in the arts has ADHD. And, I, and, and my take on that is actually, I don't think it's that simple. I think, I think that a lot of societies like borders have actually been shaped by like neurodivergent people. And then I won't say bettered, but like, done very like like people who do not have some of the same challenges can use that form to then sort of produce very consistently not and, and so can people with ADHD but you know so so I don't think comedy I think comedy has a range of mental issues yeah, for sure. it. but I also think that um you know this new book ADHD 2.0, which is by these guys Hallowell and Ratey, these doctors who've written tons of books. About I want to read this book. I've heard you talk about it. Yeah, well, I would say at first the that this one's pretty short, so you could just like get it on Audible or buy the audiobook and listen to it. But I would say Delivered from Distraction, which I think is their third book, is a really great one to dig into and and get like a lot of resonance from. And the reason I sort of say that a little empirically is because with ADHD, you're never going to get a hundred percent like on it, on the test. You're always, it, it's, it's like every person is going to read various symptoms yeah. of, of, of whatever you want to call it, the disorder or whatever. And, and, you know, go, wow, like I have a hard time, you know, recognizing faces and another person will, I'm great at recognizing faces, but but I, my problem is I'm late all the time, you know, and this person's like, for some reason, I'm never late, but like, it's really hard for me to, in social situations, yeah. you know, and then another person's like, I'm actually very extroverted and I'm rarely uncomfortable. Like someone told me that it's, it's different person to person. And I know that sounds snowflakeish or whatever, but I think right. it's important to remember that. And a lot of that has to do with our uh, upbringing rather yeah. than well i mean that's what makes it sound i mean because it is a soft science and they're figuring they're yeah. like they're figuring things out as time moves along but you know mm -hmm. and and i think that that uh that contributes to the issue of you know like literally everybody thinking that they have adhd or like every time i say i have adhd to somebody they're like oh yeah i, I i'm kind of like that too and i'm like have you been diagnosed though because that's yeah the, like 
you know, like not to like be a fucking gatekeeper for mental illness or anything, but it's just yeah. like, I don't know if you know how hard it literally is <laughs> to like get through the fucking day. Like, I'm sorry. But, you know, yeah, that's another, that's another challenge of, of ADHD is, is that feeling of, you know, someone who we perceive as, as like succeeding through life and having some ease. And when they sort of claim something that oh, we yeah, know right. is like so challenging, <laughs> it's like, and I think that you're right, but I also think we have to be really uh, like uh, cautious, you know, like, like really sort of like go back to like a child's perspective and like a self, an amount of just like accepting that. Like in the groups I've been in, like where with ADHD, there's no, you don't need to present your diagnosis card, you know, like it's, right. it's a lot of people who suspect they may have it. And I don't, I, I think that it's like, yeah, if you're at a party and someone says it and then they never follow up on that and you find out they've won like 16 Nobel yeah. Peace Prizes. I'm mostly talking about that. I'm mostly just talking about how it's yeah. like an annoying no, thing that I hear all the I'm, time. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm like, I definitely hear you. Like I said, it's, it's exactly what I just mentioned. Yeah. And ju it's just, you know, I did it very weirdly like Canadian where I just was like, this person said that to me and I don't think that's quite right. But like really in my head, I'm like, please die. Right. <laughs> you know, um, like, which again, it's like these these feelings, these extreme feelings, you know, are are very common. And hatred of hypocrisy is is mentioned even in that new ADHD 2.0 is like a huge thing. And and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of positives, but but uh, it's it's definitely like wildly challenging. And I was just really glad to find out I had it uh, because it made me. Um, able to kind of like lift a lot of self self blame that went nowhere you know and just sort of focus a bit more on managing it what did i mean did you think it was anything before that or did it all make sense or what did you think it was did you think you were just like a dumb asshole or something <laughs> like did i think i was a dumb asshole no i think i thought i was a dumb asshole mostly like in between like when I got the proper diagnosis and like when I started going like deep into trying to figure things out about it in 2018, yeah. which I think actually coincided with like a lot of people in the world doing the same thing because it's just like a, a snowball effect. You know, I went I, like um, <clears throat> in terms of people, it, it seems like it's a lot more mainstreamed and I, I really feel like we have the younger generation to thank for that more than anything else because even though it's like you know mental illness again is like you gotta ask yourself sometimes you know why am i listening to a millionaire writing a song about being mentally ill if like who's and they're going up but you know we don't know their lives but but you know what i mean like that that type of topic is is it seems like of paramount importance uh to to younger people so the dumb but i was writing songs about being a dumb asshole so i i should i should i, I was expressing myself very bluntly about how i was feeling in, in my 20s and in my stand-up and my stand-up was probably mostly able to happen because i wanted to and a lot of the stuff i make was really just trying to like be brutally honest be brutally absurd and also be somewhat satirical or say the opposite of how I feel, you know, to make a point about, you know, what I don't like or, or you know, again, hypocrisy or something. So, so, but that was taking a toll on me 
just because there wasn't really an end game. And also I had a bit of a, you're talking about it in that podcast I was just listening to with a um, fellow Jason and, and, you know, that, that feeling of, of like, okay, you know, I've been doing music and now I'm doing comedy and people seem to like it locally and I'm getting around and, you know, but, but like, why can't, you know, X happen and why can't Y happen? And even if stuff was happening, like, why do I feel this way about it? And, you know, why can't I, why can't I, why can't I, you know? And so, so that frustration kind of came to a head, but it did coincide with me finally getting a lot of work in, in kids writing and in, in writing and, and, and then some more acting stuff. And I think it was just when the, uh, but, and, and then, you know, my dad died and I had like, the reason I was nomadic for a long time was because I moved out of some, a house, someone I was in the relationship with and just was like, okay, what I'm going to do is kick around until I can move to LA. And, you know, Canadians are all dying to, entertainers are all dying to like get to the US to like do something. And um, because of the nature of these visas where you have to prove that you've done something of note, you know, right. or made enough contacts that they can write these letters of recommendation, you know, people don't make it until their mid thirties, you know, whereas it's a lot more normal, as you know, in New York and, and LA, not more normal. There's a lot of people in their mid thirties and forties, even like doing comedy, but there's a lot of people who are 21 and, and uh, are like ripping it up, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, that's, that's one of the hardest things I've found about, um, uh, I guess the way, the way my uh, ADHD and depression too uh, ha- has really kind of hobbled me and set me back where I feel like I'm always like a good five years at least behind the curve of like where <laughs> I should be. Like, I don't know. Like, um, well, there is an emotional, you, you know, I don't know if you, yeah, there's like sort of like an emotional, uh, retardation like, is maybe not quite the, <laughs> the word right word, but it's a used. little bit of a loaded I, word, but yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, maturity, I think would be the word is that yeah. like, you know, and then the problem is, I mean, we also live right now in a culture that's really confusing. I don't, I hate to bring up like all this kind of shit, but it's like, it's, it's never been a more navel gazing time in the West. It's never been a more aware of mental illness time in the West. It's never been a more aware of injustice in the West. It's never been a more unforgiving of people making mistakes thing in the West. And it's, it's really interesting to me. I mean, the last few podcasts I've been talking about, you know, DMX a little bit and it's like, I mean, it's, it's, there's, you know, I will preface this and I'll say it is not my place to come down on anyone in hip hop or any, african-american artist because i don't know that situation beyond being a humongous fan of that yeah. world you know and 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 the incredible art and culture you know that comes out of that and the deep uh culture in new york hip-hop and southern hip-hop western whatever but you know i mean the fact that he had you know charges of animal cruelty against yeah. him multiple times and people are willing, you know, there's a lot more people willing to give him space with that than, and understanding with that than you might think. And, 
you know, it's it's interesting because that's nuanced to me because you don't see that as much with Michael Vick. You don't see that yeah. with like everybody who has that. You well, know? and Michael Vick's somebody who like he really he has a redemption arc too. Like he went to jail for it and faced consequences and saw the error of his ways and was just like that wasn't cool what I did and and tried to really like change yeah. after that. I think I mean I think he still has you know defenders michael vick but uh, but maybe it's just because he didn't you know pass on or whatever but it's it, it, it i i mean i'm heartened by this i need to I, I need to make a point of that and i also understand if people can't get past that because that's the truth of addiction and the difficulty of an addict is that choices and decisions can be made within that that are impossible for people to accept yeah. you know and, and it's uh it's uh, it's really interesting it's just like things are, are i guess what i'm trying to say is things are really uh more contradictory to me than ever and it's like the truth is like so close to the surface it feels but then like so far away at the same time you yeah. know it's pretty wild it's difficult i mean and you know the like so far as being you know like I'm a flawed person. I know that. And hey, now I've, I've fucking like fuck it crazy. <laughs> I've, you know, yeah, exactly. Like I've, I've fucking, <laughs> uh, I'll admit it. And, and like I've done things and said things and whatever that I'm not like proud of. And like some of it's a result of, uh, you know, mental illness and things like that. And some of it's just a result of being a fucking human being who's like dumb and flawed and it's the human condition. So like, you know, in terms of, uh yeah i don't know the the woke thing the the cancel thing is is just like i mean i understand where all of that is coming from and i think that there are certain people who you know need to face some sort of reckoning but i also think that there is this like glee in taking somebody down that like i've taken part in i won't lie you know like i've i've totally jumped on like the bandwagon i'm just like yeah fuck this person but like I'm trying to re-examine that. And I've been doing that more recently, just trying to like think about like, is this person really like, what? what's the big issue here, you know? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I completely understand people not being able to get, get past the actions of a certain person, which is why, you know, uh, which is why accountability is important for when you make a mistake, whatever that means, I'm not 100%. I feel like I've gotten accountability wrong. And I also feel like, you know, people don't need to accept, what would I say, your accountability as something that makes them happy or matters to them. It kind of is yours to yeah, sort of- Yeah, no, I mean, like you can yeah. fuck up and apologize to the person you fucked up to or mm -hmm. who, who you did something bad to and they can- totally just not accept that and you're just gonna have to deal with that like you know like yeah. you being sorry doesn't really matter in, but in i would say it's a lot like, more common for you know you just need to look at relationship dynamics it's mm -hmm. like for the person in the middle you know the the person you've apologized to to accept it but their friends you know to be the people who are like fuck you forever i heard this on a, a podcast recently uh there's there's this podcast i've been listening to a lot uh lately called say more um mm -hmm. And it's just these these two uh, really smart ladies. They're both poets. Mm. And they were talking about uh, how, you know, they're they're very like 
I don't know. Like, not like, uh, like easily categorized, like I'm a Marxist Leninist kind of like lefty, but they're like left leaning, you know, like vaguely left leaning. Aware of all of the like social kind of people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were talking about how, like, there's this tricky issue with everybody who was like the same people who were chanting for prison abolition and defunding the police are also, uh, you know, really happy to see, uh, you know, a guy like Harvey Weinstein die in prison. And it's just <laughs> like, I mean, good point. But like, I mean, like, I don't know what to do with a fucking guy like that. He, well, he like, I will shouldn't live in society and be allowed to harm people anymore. But like what, like, Someone on Twitter being like, oh, I hope he dies in prison or people saying that. Like, I think that one of the reasons we view it that way is just like, uh, you know, Harvey, if he weren't in prison right now, some crappy ass, you know, actors pyramid scheme thing would be having him at like speak at a bar. Like, you know, like when everyone was mad when he was at some yeah. film event in New York, like the problem is, you know, uh, that that they view it as people being freely accepted in society to like wander around around people who they could harm which is yeah. like the thing that that i've always kind of tried to remember when i've had people in my life you know who i've heard or or know of things uh i'm just like okay like it is all right for you to like talk to them it's okay for you to be friends and have a chat or at least have like a, but maybe don't like bring them to uh, around people who could be somehow at risk or whatever you know like i i think i i think that's a like a weird like but responsible way to handle it where you don't like x someone out of your life but you like have to know that like on some level like there's been a violation of trust that you know yeah but but you are there for them in terms of, but you just won't go with them to um honey boo boo viewing parties <laughs> you know yeah. um but yeah i mean it, i don't think there's an answer and i don't know if like two uh white guys holding a uh, iron john style uh <laughs> like yeah i mean that's book. the thing is I'm, I'm also just like i don't fucking know dude like it's like can we like maybe case by case i don't know like i'm, I'm there, like, there's I'm no too, answer like, there, like, there's I, really no answer life goes yeah. on and Again, like it's like I'm, I'm like an ADHD like brain is like a fucking colander guy like I don't know I, like, I've seen a lot of men with ADHD I mean you talk about the neurodivergent community and yeah. I'm fairly certain that like 80% of the so-called intellectual dark web is either neurodivergent or um, uh, developmentally disabled yeah. No, but um, like I think someone like Jordan Peterson, there's definitely something going on. Uh, that yeah, we that were just guy, talking about him. Uh, uh, I, I, I heard go on this podcast. No, that uh, Jason. I've definitely Lee, talked shit about him, and then like, and I also like. No, I, I didn't people... hear that, and immediately go, "This is an enemy podcast." No, no, no. Well, that's the thing is that like I, I'm trying to check my reaction to to that to just that. You know, I, I thought it up, was a good window into, into yeah, your I, average like, potential, like a part of the Jordan Peterson demographic, which is really important. But the thing is that like, parts, you know, I know, like, you know, I, I like I, I looked up Jordan Peterson on Instagram and a bunch of people I know follow him. And like, yeah, you know, is it the same same with like a lot of other like people who are, you know, are people or podcasts or whatever who are like potentially, I don't know, problematic or whatever. 
if somebody is into something that I'm not, I've been trying to just like try and not be as reactive to it and just sort of listen and just be like, okay, cool. Why do you like that? Like that, that that's interesting. I've seen a lot of men with ADHD who are a bit older kind of get into this like idea of men's rights or men's health or you can't say anything anymore. And like, I think part of that is because of the almost um, reflexive ability for like people of our ilk to say some shit that we're like, oh, that didn't come out right. Yeah, 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 all the time. And that's the thing like, is like, I'm not trying to Why was to, like... I so mean? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? All the time. <laughs> you know? All the time. And like, you know, I've, I've said shit that like, again, like I'm glad you know, I mean, I've, I've been on Twitter since like, I don't know, 2007 or eight or something like that. And like, I haven't even like looked through my old tweets. Cause I don't want to fucking know. I should probably delete them. But like, I, I you don't... know what though, back then it was all like beer, a movie, yeah. hashtag beer, a movie. And it'll be like uh, three men and a little beer. Right, right. It was, it was all like Boys. Doge and bacon yeah, and blah blah blah. It's like like yeah. what Twitter was. Stupid but, bullshit. Uh, yeah, like uh, you know, I mean, I'm not even just getting into that. Like digging into each that all gets into something with how bored everyone is yeah. and how powerless we feel. And yeah. I, I think, I think with with this other thing I'm talking about though is like instead of sort of because of this feeling of being unable to help oneself as well as feeling like you get attacked for it, which is like this rejection sensitive dysphoria, which yeah. is this thing that relates to ADHD and hypersensitivity. When the response is defensiveness and doubling down or justifying it or dismissing other people's sort of cons uh, personal concerns or whatever, like right. that's when you kind of get into the Jordan Peterson uh, trans uh, situation, which was like, I have only like two major issues with what he's uh, all about. And it was, unfortunately, one of them was the thing that got him famous, you know, which was this sort of resistance to pronouns. And it's like someone so intelligent, not understanding that they're essentially dog whistling to an entire generation that, and he has the ability to influence them with all of his other work, thus reinforcing whatever they think about trans people because yeah. they think you know i think that that's a really damaging thing that happened with him and then one time i saw him talking about the meat diet and he said that after like two months of his all meat diet he got off antidepressants and that i was, was like weird no, shit. yeah there's again, like i mean you have five million or whatever all these young men who really need help yeah you know uh, listening to you and and you're saying get off you know you ate meat and got off your antidepressants eat, eat all it's like, beef it's dude a holistic weird. approach like it's yeah. like be on medication and exercise and eat beef you know but yeah. don't just eat beef or you'll get addicted to benzos also well oh sorry i'm burping so much and i don't i blame the dogs they're burping i'm not i just said i was but it was actually the dog was burping all the time who burps yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's no way of there's no way of proving that. Actually, I'm, I'm no, not recording. No, there's the video, no so. rewind function on podcasts. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like, I, I, I need to be kind of uh, like those are my two main things. Except that he again just kept doubling down. So you see him talking about feminists. You see him talking about this or that, and it's like, yeah, you were like a charismatic like rock star. I don't know. Charismatic's a weird word for him, but 
I actually did meet him. Like he's not far from like an area I'm in all the time, yeah. like where he, so I, and I knew that. And I like, I was like, I wonder if I'm going to meet Jordan Peterson. And then I actually did. And he was like breaking down his, this is at, like just a month or two ago, huh. maybe a few months ago. And um, when people were still like, is he dead? Do you yeah. think he's actually dead? And he was, you know, demolishing his recycling in front of the recycling bin, like a uh, personal responsibility yeah. person. <laughs> he recycles. That's cool. He recycles. And I, I didn't, you know, I didn't do the gotcha. I didn't walk up to this guy at 11 o'clock on recycling night, yeah. who was basically a neighbor and go, you right. are responsible for a lot of trans people, a lot of marginalized people feeling really bad. You, you bear some responsibility right. for that. Uh, instead, I was like, you look well. Hi, I'm in the area. I'm over there. Uh, I'm Nick. I, I'm Jordan. And he also said that I was like, he said, oh, I still have a very long way to go. And then, you know, I thought maybe just from meeting me, he'd be a, he'd become a chiller person. But, but <laughs> every, it, 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 it hasn't really gone that way. I, I you know, and and. Uh, but I just see so many of these guys like come so close and, and he's obviously something else, but, but, but like, you know, they're, they're just like so flustered about the reaction to them and, and pained at, at like why it has to be this way that they kind of go in that direction of like, you can't say anything anymore. Yeah. And you understand that because people worship what he was saying so much that he started going a bit out of his purview. You know, and and uh, that is fine, I guess. I was listening to someone talking about public intellectual jobs being to uh, talk about everything, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. However, I will say that the biggest issue I see right now, recently, in terms of people saying some fucked up shit, if I may swear. Yes, you may swear. Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, is... Tucker Carlson is like talking about the great replacement, you know, like I'm obsessed with all this stuff, just as if it hasn't been made clear. Like I, yeah. I do obsess over, you know, media figures, new media figures like YouTubers and like how they're presenting facts or stories or yeah. polit politics or philosophy to their viewers, which are a lot of the time young people. Have you, know? you been watching the, uh, the QAnon documentary? No, my mom was actually just telling me. I just about watched it. the first. Everyone two says it's amazing. It's really good, and it and it's just like insane. I mean, like I knew what a lot of it was, um, but like I was I was watching it with my girlfriend, and and was just nice. like, and she was. <laughs> and Congratulations! She was, oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, I have a girlfriend. Wow. I, have a girlfriend. I know it's pretty great. We have sex well, and stuff. Yeah. Um, wow, that's weird. And she, uh, anyway, she was saying that like she 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 thought that like the whole like baby eating thing was like they were like that was i don't know an exaggeration or like a metaphor that they were using or something like that and i was like no 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 honey they literally thought <laughs> that like marina that, abramovich that, yeah, had that people somehow were eating spirit cooked babies, the babies and, for and like and, yeah. taking adrenochrome out of babies and like satanic rituals and shit like that like straight up thought that that's what was happening and it's yeah. just like it's just like yeah like, and now with the vaccine 
unfortunately I'm seeing more people in my like sort of like outer circle, you know, the Instagram circle, like posting these, trying to get things happening with this anti-vax stuff. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like everybody knows what's going on here. Like it's a fucking new vaccine they made in a year. Obviously it's not going to be perfect, but like, what are we supposed to do? The world has this illness. It was not created just because there was a disease conference that Bill Gates made like a few months beforehand. They have that every few years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like people are just, uh, um, and it's all a funny pipeline. Like they talk about the wellness industry and Q kind of like uh, converging and it's going to converge more because of all the vaccinations and talking about vaccine passports when in fact it would just be like a doctor's sheet that says you have the flu shot. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just Tucker Carlson on fox like straight up came out like talking about the idea that they're demographically the democrats are trying to via immigration replace voters republican voters yeah which yeah, is I ca- mean, like which i is, mean tucker carlson is Jews just will not up, like yeah, white you could white you could probably call him a bullshit. nazi no fuck like, that I, guy like i i have no i have no sympathy or anything for, for anybody but but this is like the sense. most blatant i've seen him so far yeah. and it is fairly alarming to see that post trump you know like it's not happening at the apex of donald trump's presidency it's afterwards well that's what's so ominous is that like i mean the q thing was like i feel like i so much of that stuff was so nerve-wracking to me that like i was reading about it a little bit but like i would have to like put it down after a minute because it was so just like it's really dark this is really fucked up and like really insane that so many people are subscribing to this and um but like post Trump, so to speak, um, mm. is it feels maybe like a little less like, okay, like maybe that wave sort of crested, but like that doesn't mean that there's not going to be another wave. And like, it's yeah. ominous to me that like, now we know what can happen and next time it like things can be worse, you know? And, and like yeah. all of those people who, uh, bought into QAnon, um, they like it wasn't just like Thanos snapped his fingers and they all disappeared like they're still there and they're still mad and they're still looking for answers and they're still like you know like they still they're they're still confused confused as fuck as to like what is happening yeah and they still want to follow something they're still looking for answers and they still believe legitimately that that uh or believe not legitimate they believe sincerely um that Biden stole the election and that he shouldn't really be the president. And like, you know, I, I, I breathed a bit of a sigh of relief, uh, to see Trump leave office. But I also was like, this isn't gonna, I mean, a, I don't fucking like Biden either, but what are you talking he, about Jack? <laughs> Come on, man. Come I'm on, man. Best year. But like, you're going to tell yeah. me I came up with some of the best reasons to, uh, watch town halls. You would see me. <laughs> I, I mean, Biden to me was funnier than Trump in the fucking run up to twenty twenty because he'd be like, "When it listen, fat." Um, let's yeah, get back sorry, to I... you for a second. Um, <laughs> so we were talking about symptoms of ADHD um, and how there's sort of a checklist. Um, 
Yeah. And you don't always fit all the marks. What can you talk about what marks you do fit? That's a, that's a good question. It's been a long time since I took the test, which I believe said I had moderate uh, attention deficit disorder. And I mm -hmm. believe they've brought the term vast into it, which I don't remember what it stands for, but that's like Hallowell's new term. It's not, doesn't have the word disorder in it. But anyway, uh, I mean, like, okay, so late, uh, let me, let me bring up the checklist. Like, there's a checklist right here. So I think this will be a faster way instead of I do it. Okay. Memory. Do you mind? No, that's cool. Is that okay. A I'll make a timestamp. D checklist. I'd love to know what you check off too. Um, okay, this is from 20. You first. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not tricking you into uh, sending it. Short attention span, especially for non preferred tasks. Mm hmm. Sure. Hyperactivity, which may be physical, verbal, and or emotional, sometimes. Impulsivity, which may manifest as recklessness. Yeah. Fidgeting or restlessness. Yeah. Disorganization and difficulty prioritizing tasks. Yeah. Poor time management and time blindness. Yeah. Frequent mood swings and emotional dysregulation. Sometimes. Emotional dysregulation. Sure. You know, but mood swings too. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I used to pride myself on being able to go from like one to another, like really fast. You know? So that's the one I want to flag that one real quick. Um, okay. Because that's the one that I have found particularly challenging and was the one that uh, I didn't I, I got diagnosed with ADHD when I was like a kid when I was in like kindergarten, right. first grade, like I was that much of a spaz. Um, but one thing that I didn't even learn until I was in my fucking twenties was that emotional dysregulation and like rage and mood swings and shit like that is a part of ADHD. That would have been handy yeah. to know. Yeah. That's the thing. That was like my experience when I got first diagnosed is like, literally they were like, okay, give us a thousand dollars. We'll tell you you have ADHD. We'll tell you to go on Vyvanse. And then we'll tell you to get a, a ADHD coach, which you can't afford. Right. So you're not going to get an ADHD coach. And then you're going to have to kind of like navigate a lot of like trauma and loss, like yourself after over the next few years, yeah. because but yes, emotional dysregulation first is just like, cause that's not even rage, right? Like emotional dysregulation is like when you kind of like blank out and maybe the only response you can think of is rage, but like, you're just kind of like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I've definitely had that, especially in periods where you're, yeah, something makes you so angry or something hurts you so much that you just like check out, you know, for a moment. And um, that's a very stressful situation. And uh, yeah, and then sort of an uncontrollable rage that will be like the only um, means of catharsis in a lot of ways, like yeah. the only form of relief that you see definitely see that and you know the reason i think neurodiverse and neurodivergent is um you know we think about adhd it's because adhd is like where it fits on the spectrum is very confusing because certain coping mechanisms uh, that people with adhd have and you know I, i've said this on my podcast a lot too it's like are 
they mirror a lot of uh, other conditions, whether it's bipolarity, uh, what people call borderline personality disorder, um, the autism spectrum, um, and, you know, sociopath sociopathy, because, you know, some people might cope by just like trying to manipulate every situation, you know, like mathematically. And I, I, I'm not arguing for like, def I'm, well, I don't know why I would need to defend this. It's like, and narcissism, it, that's not ADHD, but like, if you feel like you're a goddamn mess, you may seem like super self-absorbed, you know, that like it. So, so I think that it's ironic that um, like, th this is why people feel so trapped with ADHD sometimes is because um, they could really get labeled, you know, with a lot of things that not only they view, view that you, you, you would hear the name of and think it's incurable, but also that it's the kind of thing like stay away from me you know, right. which like is, um, you talk about rejection sensitive, you know, rejection, yeah. rejection do, you have, do you have that sensitivity. one? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, and what's ironic, you know, it's just like, oh, and I got into comedy and punk music and, uh, you know, like things where you really put yourself out there and at the same on the, you know, change, actually and shifts can be very hard for people with adhd to ma to manage and i'm i've like forced myself to go through change like i literally was like okay instead of living at the same place for eight years or five years i'm gonna like change homes like every few months it's like so that's sort of like lemming like running to exactly what will be a challenge like too much of a challenge for me is is a huge and too much of a challenge for like most people, you know, it, it is a huge uh, thing uh, for me. And that's also something that uh, they talk about in that ADHD 2.0 book, which is find your difficulty level or something where it's kind of like, you know, it, it, they say in, in the book, oh, it, it's quite normal for people with ADHD to feel like they really want to express themselves creatively in like many different regards and they'll try to do all of it all at once. And then they'll feel like they haven't accomplished anything. And it's kind of like, you have to find out what, oh, fuck. How <laughs> you do. that's my yeah. life. Yeah. It's I a have, lot of people. Okay. So don't. I have a filmmaking degree and yeah. I'm a, a failed writer, a failed stand up, a failed uh, artist, a failed filmmaker. Like it's, it's find to find fail. Uh, tried a little bit, wasn't good at it right away and then gave up. Yeah. Well, what about <laughs> tried a lot? Liked what they were, you were doing. Not sure if anyone else liked you were doing, kept doing it. That's the podcast. So that's what I've been, doing. <laughs> I've been I've been working on that for a couple of years and like it's I think finally starting to like gain a little bit of traction in this last Wow, congratulations. Like, that's you. really awesome. Um even um I mean yeah, in in like the last, you know, few months or so, it's been like uh I think I've I've stepped up to produ the production and mm. I've reached out to more people and I think I'm finally maybe starting to like get somewhere with it. But I appreciated like, that you reached out. That was, that was great. You know, because I have been noticing on your Instagram, like it's an interesting account regardless of, of, you know, the, just a podcast. So 
Uh, and obviously it's talking about a lot of the same things that, that I'm interested in. Yeah. So it, it stood out to me immediately. And, uh, you know, I got nothing but time to talk to people about stuff. And I love talking, especially about the ADHD. Uh, speaking of, you want more of the checklist? or Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you've, you've, you talked a little bit about, you know, coming. Uh, yeah. Coming. Um, no, Barely. Uh, <laughs> only like twice, uh, <laughs> self-harm or, um, you, uh, uh, like That's uh, right. violent or reckless kind of impulses. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are two kind of similar, but you know, you can branching kind of, uh, things like reckless impulses, 100%. Yeah. You know, as soon as, uh, you know, if I like, yeah, like my bands, I was like one of those front men who ran around and, and, you know, was like just really kind of trying to prove that you can sort of flit about and stumble around and like not like hurt yourself that bad of course then i moshed uh, then i surfed crowd surfed in montreal back to the stage for the last song of one of my band's shows and i like got a compound fracture of my <laughs> my forearm Jeez. so you know uh and and there's lots of examples you know that sort of parallel that in my life but at the same time yeah. The, so yeah. And then like other reckless things. Sure. And then self-harm is like so different. I would say it's much like blind rage. It's the kind of thing where you like, you really need to get, find a light at the end of this tunnel of some sort of very dark feeling. So if it's something like, you know, like hitting yourself on the head or like banging your head against the wall or, you know, even like punching the ceiling or something like that kind of stuff has happened and, and not in the way where Adam driver did it in marriage story, maybe like, right. <laughs> you know, where he punches the wall cause he's so mad, but you know, at the same time, that is in, in ways, an example, you know, that's like a good example of Noah Baumbach and how like sometimes he really nails like ma male fragility. And yet at the same time, there's like so much other, and, and unfortunately this kind of like ramp, there's so much like Hollywoodness going on in it, but mm -hmm. you know, that, that I, I shouldn't diminish that part because that, that, that is like something that has, has very occasionally, and in in periods of crisis, like popped up with me, but yeah, I think you uh, mentioned once on your podcast that you like it was yes, like, kind I of did. A long time that ago was that like when I was nineteen. You yeah, know, that was when I was nineteen, and I I I think I shared that because there was it was like someone else had shared something crazy or, or something, and I I felt like it was only fair to 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 put something like that out there, and and uh, that was when I was nineteen and or twenty, and and so you know, like I've been frustrated. I, not so much anymore, but like I've I've had a lot of frustration about like not being able to do more or or not being able mm -hmm. to fit in for you know quite a long time and um it's like I I kind of think that that response again we talk about like judgment and acceptance like I think people who might view that response as like a straight up act of like scary aggression from like 
you know, like a scary male, like I get it. But like in my case, it was like 100% like self directed, like there would be zero chance of that ever being like aimed at another person. Yeah, yeah, no, you know? I mean, totally. Like I've never acted violently towards another person. Um, and I, I, you know, I want to make that really clear. Like, <laughs> that, that's not something that uh, anybody who knows me needs to be concerned about. But like, I, you know, I've talked about this many times on this podcast before, but like, I also do have like, like explosively, uh, you know, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, inwardly violent, um, you know, yeah. and anger that like has just been a thing that I've dealt with for so long that it, and it's just getting so I'm sorry. That's really hard. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really fucking sucks. I will tell you, antidepressants like did very much help with this kind of thing and mood stabilizers. Yeah. I mean, I'm on like three different medications. Which you know? ones? And, uh, well, I'm on an ADHD medication mm -hmm. and uh, that's kind of like a Ritalin and then the antidepressant and mood stabilizer. And, um, you know, like I don't really mind. I like I don't really have a huge problem with being on them, you know, and I'm yeah. especially considering I'm also like tr trying to meditate as much as I can. I'm trying to read about um and I I I think I also have an understanding personally that a lot of these issues with uh that that resulted in the medication for non-ADHD stuff, like the depression and anxiety, I think has a lot to do with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So I, I, again, I, I think, which kind of goes to like the big realization I had in 2018 after reading all these books was that like, it's all very connected, you know, and it's all very, and sometimes the things that we think are the disorder are actually the symptom of something else, which is the base thing that you need to work on managing in order to get the other things under control. So, and I think that's a good way of looking at it just because it makes things like depression and anxiety feel a bit curable on some level. And um, I think that's really important because hopelessness is the problem, especially in the last year. And that's not to say that I haven't like obviously struggled with all this shit, but it's like, I mean, it's like you're a dog walker. And I think I put this in the last dog, uh, dog cast. They basically are dog casts. The dog now. cast. Yeah, Doge, Doge cast, the, Doge, the, the big heckin' Doge cast. Doggo, who's Doggos. this absolute unit of a dojo? Ugh, I'm so um, tired of that. I love dogs, <laughs> but I'm like so fucking tired. I run yeah. a dog, my own dog has an Instagram, and yeah. which I know is like real kind of, I don't know, silly, but... Um, you like I, your dog. I, I love my dog, and, and, and we also like... You know, we try and avoid like being like using like the cutesy dog fucking lingo anymore. Like we, I, I, that's I, I, such I'm an trying, insane I'm thing that I actually elevated. like it. <laughs> like when it's like me owner, because it's always like me owner have spina bifida. Yeah. You know, I'm very like, pup set. I have to be put down tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. It's like that kind of <laughs> shit. It's like, oh my god, I totally understand why you're using baby talk to process this. <laughs> You have a dog on your lap right now. What kind of I dog do. is that? This is a Karen Terrier. A Karen Terrier. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what's I, I? I didn't want to ask what kind of dog. I I know what kind of dog it was. What's the dog's name? <laughs> His name's Gordy. Gordy. He's a year old. He's, He's a little baby. 
Yeah, he barks at other dogs across the street because he can't reach them and he's got a leash on. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, and then I try to give him food, but you got to give it to him before he barks or else he'll think you're rewarding him for barking. So um, you talked about this a little bit, but uh, you were talking about uh, productivity and and, uh, wishing that you could get more done. Um, I was listening to, I don't remember what episode it was, but you were talking about how you can do like one thing a day. Um, and, and like, I read that a lot on Twitter. People say that. Yeah. Like I've, I've run into that problem too. And especially living in, you know, I don't know, in American capitalism and in New York where you got to like hustle and grind and New York's the worst. It's all very, someone's like, Oh, I just did my like gardening. I do. I do a little bit of side, like, but it's not gardening. It's like, it's like garden artistry yeah. and I help my friends garden artistry yeah. business. And now I'm doing uh, two spots tonight and then I'm going uh, to, you know, I work at a startup as well, you know, and I'm at a soup yeah. kitchen. Sorry. Yeah, no, it, but like, anyway, like, it's like, um, I guess, you know, I've, I'm surrounded all the time by really high functioning, productive people. And right. like, then the more, I'm around that the more I'm just like, boy, am I a piece of shit, you know, because like there's only so much that I can really expect of myself in a day and like I can push and like I've done pretty well today. I got up. I fucking exercised this morning. I went to work. I walked uh, six, seven, eight dogs um and and then came home and I'm making this podcast now. So like I'm doing stuff, but like have dinner. I'm gonna have dinner at some point um and yeah. you know like serving your partner yeah exactly I, she, she's probably <laughs> getting really mad um but uh you podcasters know, lament it's it's this double yeah i know it's 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 insane I, i'm trying i'm podcasting babe like don't you understand it's really important that i put this out and then i adam driver the wall but like <laughs> it's this double-edged sword of of feeling uh an anxiety that I'm not doing enough and then my own stupid ADD brain not allowing me to do more and you know it's 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 insane I don't know have you dealt with this well sure um you know but you said it yourself it's like you did so much shit today it's just that it wasn't like you know exactly in your mind it wasn't like exactly what you wanted to be doing or it feels like that you wish you could have also done some other stuff in like the hour that you were yeah you know taking five or reading some article or something and and it's like a lot of it is just unrealistic expectations i mean that's just what a lot of it comes down to is is like you know, so yes, I hit this challenge all the time. Like there have been definitely periods where I thought like, oh, I can be like doing everything. I'll, I'd love to do everything. And I think I can do everything. And it's like, well, no, there's a lot of people who are doing one of the things you do and they are doing it like every night. And I mean, I, I do stand up a lot or I was. And, uh, you know, but, but, but or touring all the time, which I wasn't really doing. And, and um, you know, you need to accept that like there are uh, 
that you are occupying your own space and this is your freaking space you know and it's it's really hard like i said i just keep trying to tell myself every day like you are keeping these dogs alive you're lucky because they're making you laugh playing god of war one two three like it's uh you know and and i keep i mean editing my podcast is fine when it's a solo episodes but my producer left and um he had to go to school and and uh i have had to edit my own podcast which i used to uh, interviews which i used to do but now that i'm back at it i'm just like it's just so hard i think with adhd people really need to realize that the hardest thing to do is like actually like it's so hard to open the book of the thing that is what you need to do if that makes any sense yeah. <laughs> like just like i've literally been like i have to take these two zoom uh tracks from an interview i did and just copy and paste them into a logic program and then start editing it and it's like okay that'll be weeks before i do <laughs> and once I do that that'll be like a week maybe before i i like start chopping it up yeah so just like that sort of dread or that kind of like it's a very very vexing situation just because you know you're so present yet it's like you're also so unwilling guys guys I'm we're podcasting, podcasting. <laughs> yeah, exactly whistling helps <laughs> um but but yeah, like like it just it, it, you really want to do things. Every second feels like an hour, but feels like less than a second. And then also, it's really hard to face what you have to do, and it's really easy to overestimate or underestimate the challenge of of what it is you have to do. And yeah. and because of that, prioritizing because of that, um, you know, uh, like executing a plan making a realistic to-do list like these are all very hard yeah. so you know entertaining dogs i hit a rut with this podcast sometime like last winter or like late last year into last winter i mean like there was the pandemic happening and i was also just like let's be easy on on ourselves and 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 not you know feel like we need to be hyper productive during you know like this uh, horrible traumatic you know thing that we're going through as a society mm -hmm. Uh, but I also got into this headspace where I was like, I don't know which thing it is that's holding me back. And I think it was kind of both. Like it was my depression saying like, nobody's listening to this. What's the point? And like, right. uh, you know, like we're on the verge of the apocalypse anyway. And so like, fuck all this. And <laughs> also like, uh, it did kind of feel like that. It, for a, it did for a while. And it, you know, like, yeah. again, I don't know if we're fully out of the woods. Um, yeah. but and it was also, you know, like you're saying, the ADHD thing, the daunting uh, uh, task ahead of reaching out to somebody, uh, asking them to be on the show and and like going through like all of that. Um, just putting in the work was also just like I, I can't focus on that right now. Like my brain is just like too slippery right now. And I, I couldn't do it for a while. And like it felt 
worse and worse every week that I wasn't putting anything out because I was just like, okay, well, then another week has gone by and like now I'm like, now things are even worse, you know? And, and so like, it, well, yeah. it, it just felt like I was like digging a grave, you know, and was just like, I need to be making something or like literally what the fuck am I doing, you know? Yeah, I mean, this too is a, is a huge thing. Hell yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's wrap it up, but I, um, sure. where can people, uh, find you and your work? Hang on one second. Uh, poor, poor, uh, forgetfulness and poor working memory, trouble multitasking and executive dysfunction, inability to control anger or frustration, trouble completing tasks and frequent procrastination, distractibility and difficulty awaiting turn. I just wanted to finish the checklist. That's okay. Um, yeah. You can find uh, soundcloud.com slash Nick Flanagan or Nick Flanagan Weekly on iTunes, theflans.com, the Flans on Twitter, Nick Flanagan on Instagram, Nick Flanagan Weekly on Instagram, Nick Flan Weekly on Twitter, and nickflanagan.bandcamp.com. You that's can also quite a spread. I mean, that's going to be a lot of links I got to put in well, the Well, go to Linktree. <laughs> I think I need a Linktree. Right. And uh, uh, also every Tuesday, uh, a lot of Tuesdays I'm on in the green zoom. If this comes out, it's going to come out before Sunday. Uh, I think I'm going to know. I think this is going to come out either next week or the week after. Sure. So, uh, we at avail comedy do a uh, Tuesday stream that I'm often parts uh, a part of, uh, which is 10 PM Eastern, 7 PM Pacific, uh, nightlight.tv. So, yeah. Right on, man. Well, this was really fun, and um, I feel Thanks. like you know, a great time. we. I think we have more that we could talk about. So, if you would like to come back on the show, you are always welcome, any old time. Of course, and okay. you can come visit my show too. You are very welcome to as a guest. And hell yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to come that. on. Let's talk about yes. that uh, at some point in the future. All right. Off, off cam. All right. All right. Good night, Thanks man. so much, man. Yeah. Good night. Thanks for having me. All right. That was a fun talk, right? That was great. That was great. Thanks once again to Nick Flanagan for being on the show. And, you know, I hope to have him back one day. I hope to have him back on the show. I feel like we got plenty more to talk about, or a boot, as he might say. Um, and, uh, you know, someday, hopefully soon. And if you'd like to hear more, once again, go to patreon.com. Maybe I'll put up the, uh, the uncut interview foreskin and all which is unusual I think because seeing as how Nick Flanagan is Jewish but I don't know I don't know how they do it up in Canada could be different I, I that didn't come up maybe next time we'll we'll talk about that you cut bro um that's all music is by Shea Bartel I am at Bradical Pearson on both Twitter and Instagram. You may also follow the show. You may. I will allow it. You may follow the show on Instagram at selfworst. Um, once again, Patreon, like and subscribe, all of that. You know the drill. Help me out. I love you guys. Wear a mask. Get vaxxed. Don't be a dumbass. And until next time, go out and fail. It's good for you. Bye.